I have this evening, it's interesting because I have so many different topics, so many different places that I could go. And I was just seeking the Lord on where to go. And I think um, I want to give you this little bit of a nugget here at the beginning in this Holy Spirit service. And uh, then we'll see what the Lord does beyond this. But uh, have you ever been doing something and it just doesn't seem like it's working, like you're doing something, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, and, and it seems like you're spinning your wheels. Maybe you're having success here or there, uh, but it's just not working. You know, we've been talking a whole lot about fellowship over the last few weeks and the intimacy and that we need to be in intimacy. If you'll turn to Acts 17 and uh, verse 28, you'll see, and let's do this in the King James, Acts 17, 28, it says, in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live and move and have our being. Right? Let's put it on the screen. There you go. In him we live and move and have our being. So in him, when we are born again, we move into him, right? Now, the issue is, do we stay with him? If you, the message this morning, do you stay with the keeper? God is our keeper, but we need to stay in his presence. He's, he's, he's not obligated to stay where we are. We need to go to where he is. Remember, Jesus said, Matthew 11. Come to me. Come to me. There's something about going to Jesus. Now, one of the things I want you to see is if you'll go through the Gospels, you'll see that many times people were healed by Jesus. They were restored through Jesus. So many great and mighty things, supernatural things came through the hands of Jesus. But the issue is if you look at it in some way, in some form or fashion, they came to Jesus. Right? The only people that were healed or delivered came to him. Uh, the only, only two examples that I can think of uh, that didn't come to him in some form or fashion uh, that it looks like on the surface was the man at the pool of Bethesda that Jesus went to and he was trying to get in the water in John chapter 5. The other one was uh, the lady whose son had died and they were in a funeral procession procession and the Jesus saw and had compassion and went there but I want you to look at both of those and you could say you could say Lazarus although you know Lazarus did did come to Jesus out of the tomb uh, if we want to get technical about it but uh, you know that's why he said loose him you know and uh, but there was he in other words Jesus went to people but in some way they had to come to him. Even with the man who was going to be put in the water, he had to receive Jesus and come to him with his heart to be healed. He had to try to get up and take that pallet up and walk home. The lady in the funeral, put yourself, I really liked what Buddy said this morning, put yourself in these positions. You're the one whose child has died and some, some young preacher comes up and interrupts your son's funeral, right? How are you going to feel towards that at that moment? You know, most people, they're going to get offended. 
They're going, but he comes up. How was she in a few minutes when her son was raised from the dead? Oh, much better. But see, in her heart, she had to yield and come to Jesus with her heart to receive that. So even, even then, so you see that in the gospels, every time somebody received the supernatural power of God, there was a humility and a submission of going towards God. There was, in some form or fashion, they had to come to God. This is why it's very important for us to not sit in our chairs when we're asked if we need something or need help, but to get to the altar. Because even in that action, although the walking to the altar, that action doesn't do the supernatural. Walking to the altar symbolizes something in my heart. I need you enough to get out of my chair. Right? I need you enough that I don't care who sees it. There's something in that action where we come to Jesus and that humility actually brings that about. There's a humility in it. And of course, in James chapter 5, uh, and, or excuse me, James chapter 4, I believe it is, and 1 Peter 5, you see that where humility is and submission is, grace and greater grace is given. So you can see all across the Bible, when we humble ourselves and stop thinking we know everything and we submit to God's ways and we move into those places and we say, God, I need you more right? Then we will yield and come to him and we can get that burden removed. That yoke can come off for good in Jesus name, right? It can come off, but we've got to yield to him. We've got to set it in our heart. Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to humble myself in front of you and in front of people if need be, but I yield to you in him. We live, we have life to the full till it overflows. In him, we move. We know where to go, how to get there. And we're, we have provision and power to get there. We have our being in him. If we need something to come into being, where is it found? In him. In him. So we need to stop thinking and sitting there and be, be like this. It's very much what Nicole was saying a second ago as well. We need to stop being like, Lord, come visit me. How about, let's go visit God, yeah. right? Now, that might not be a physical location, but it is a condition of the heart. Lord, I'm coming to you. Many times that takes place on Sunday morning from your seat to this altar. Lord, I'm coming to you. I need supernatural in my life. I'm coming to you. In you, I'm getting in you. Uh, I was listening to Brother Tracy teach some stuff this week. And one of the things he said, it's funny, he had been meditating on the verse uh, of those that are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom or the domain of the king, right? And one of the things that you see, we just were meditating on that just a few months ago as well. Right in line, right in line with what the Holy Spirit's doing. But he said it like this. He said, that verse is not telling you that you're supposed to be poor. That verse is telling, telling us that we come to a revelation that without Jesus, I'm bankrupt. Yeah. And when I realize I've got to have him, I must have him, then all of a sudden I will come to him in my heart. Let me, let me add another facet to it. 
When we think that we have arrived because we go to a good church, when we think that we've arrived because we do all these things, do you know what happens when you reach your arrival destination? Even your GPS shuts up. <laughs> Even your GPS will shut up when you've arrived. How much more will our flesh shut up when we feel like we've arrived? But if you recognize, I have not arrived in Christ, then you will keep yearning for something that's greater than you. We've got to get to the place where we're so hungry for the supernatural of God, we never stop going to Jesus. If we, if we feel like, oh, I, you know, I laid hands on somebody and they got healed. I laid hands on them, they fell out. If, if, if that happens, if we're praying for somebody, we lead somebody to the Lord, we feel like we've arrived, all of a sudden there's this, this corrupted nature in the flesh that says, okay, I'm, I've arrived, I don't have to do anything else. And what we do is we stop coming to Jesus. And all of a sudden, if we continue in that vein, what will happen is Jesus keeps moving, we stay still, and what was once easy and light now becomes hard and heavy. If you're not going forward, you are going backwards, right? If you're not going forward, you are going backwards. And so one of the things that you want to do is understand, I can't stop my pursuit of God. I've got to go after him with everything that I have and I don't give up simply because I had a few great moments. Yeah, yeah. I used to think, I used to think that one of the toughest spots of Christianity is when you had nothing. You know, when Nicole and I, when we were first married and we lived in what's affectionately called the ugly house and we had nothing, I found out that was the easiest place to go after God. You know what made it hard? When we actually did have money in the bank. Because I didn't, you see, when we didn't have anything, if God don't come through, we're sunk. There's only one choice. There's one option, right? And it, it, it can be not just finances, but how about just peace and joy? If, you know, you're going through a rough patch in your marriage or in your home or something like that. And it's like, I need God. I need them. We need them. We need them. This is not working. And it, and it kind of makes it easy when you're at the bottom because the only way to reach is up. Jesus, I need you. And if you'll reach for him, what are you going to find? He'll be there. He'll be there all the time, every time. You reach for him, he will be there. But if all of a sudden you feel comfortable and you stop reaching for them, you won't find them. So in, in finances, you know, used to, we got to go pay $100 on a car. Something broke on the car. We got to, you know, that, it was prayer and fasting time at our house. Oh, Jesus, Shonda. You know, we're like praying and fasting for the $100. But now, now you get to the place, you're going down the road and, and all of a sudden you've gone after the Lord. The blessings have come. Your yoke has gotten easier and lighter. And all of a sudden something comes up on the car that needs fixing and, and it costs $100. And you don't even think twice about it anymore. Guess who you're not pulling on? Lord, how you want to handle this? 
There was a king in the Old Testament that got sick. And one of the problems that he had, and God said this to him, is basically, you didn't even consult me. You just went to the doctors. You didn't even ask me what to do. You just went straight to the natural solution. The same thing. You didn't even ask me what to do. You just paid the bill out of your supply. In other words, God wasn't a part and God wasn't a piece of our lives. I found that sometimes the easiest place to stretch out to God is when you're at the bottom. But then all of a sudden things start going right. Things start going right and all of a sudden we stop looking at God's way of doing things because we have the means to just handle it. What if we just determined from this day forward, I'm going to come to Jesus in everything, in every way, in every circumstance, no matter what, no matter what I got in the bank, no matter what it looks like, Jesus, what do you want me to do here? I'm coming to you. What would we find? His hand reaching for us and everything. And all of a sudden we would do supernatural things instead of being limited by our success. Many times our success has limited us because success has turned our eyes away from God as the source and turned towards our reserves as the source. What does God want to do? What does God want to do? Just financially, I'll use this as an example, but apply this to the anointing. If you prayed and felt the anointing before, is that the end of it? Have you arrived? Is your spiritual GPS, has it shut up at that point? Many times it'll shut up. But the question is, is that all God wants you to get? No, he wants you to walk and talk like Jesus. He wants you to walk and talk like Jesus. He's not, he's not done. He said, take my glory and make it yours. I'm not done. I go to a good church. We're winning souls. We're doing great things. Great! That's awesome. And you should. They should be producing fruit. But are you done? But isn't it funny how we, we kind of check the box of that and we turn off that spiritual GPS because we feel like we've arrived. God's drawing this group up higher. It's a year of increase. It's a year of going after him. Financially, let's say that your household, let's say that your household makes $60,000 a year and that pays all your bills and you got a little extra to spend as well. Is that the end place that God would have you or does he move in abundance? He moves in abundance. He's drawing you higher. He's taking you to new places. Don't just be satisfied because we got the bills paid. Don't just be satisfied because we feel the anointing of God. Don't just be satisfied because we had a few Holy Ghost goosebumps and a good shout at a song. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Don't just be satisfied there. Lord, I want to dive deeper into you. Yeah. See, one of the things that you do, that we do, is... When we don't realize that there's further to go then we'll stop looking to go somewhere. So in other words, if we feel like we've arrived, we'll stop digging in. We'll stop digging deeper. We'll stop pressing forward. 
because we don't see it. Let me just ask you and pose this question tonight. How big is God? How big is he? How big is his love? How big is God's love? How big is his power? How deep and how wide? How deep and how wide is God? How deep and how wide? Have we even touched a thimbleful of who he is? How many, how many people have had great and mighty things that God's done for you and in your life? Seen miracles, seen, seen just the power of God at work? You've seen it? Have we arrived? Is that all there is? You know, when we just read the book of Acts, we just read the book of Acts. It's a book of amazement. When we do this series coming up, we're going to do a whole week on the book of Acts. And we're going to see signs and wonders and miracles in, the, in that week. It's going to be awesome. But I call it the book of amazement. You know, because it literally, chapter after chapter after chapter, the people in the book of Acts were just going, wow, 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 you know. I, I was uh, praying for somebody this week at the revival and, and they came up out of the water after baptism and they went, wow! And I just shouted back at them, wow! I know, wow! Because God, God met them right there in that baptismal tank, touched their lives and, and they didn't know that that was available like that before. I knew it was available. I've seen it. I've dished it out. I've let the Holy Ghost, and I was believing that he was going to do it right then. And, and their response was, wow. Well, that's the way it was in Acts. Before religion got in the way, just Jesus was Jesus, and the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit. Before the devil came up with doctrines to, to lock some of that stuff up, just when the devil's like, Wow, I've never seen this before. How do we come against this? It's going to take us a few hundred years to figure out how to build doctrines against that Holy Ghost. Yeah. And so one of the things that you see is un before that happens, what did they do from, I mean, just Acts 1 to Acts, the end of Acts. What did they do? Wow. 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 You may say, well, that just looks crazy. Well, that's the way it looked. They were amazed. They were astonished. They were amazed. They were astonished. Have we tapped into the fullness of God? Have you, have you heard any stories of people that passed away for a bit and then came back and they tell about heaven? What do their stories sound like? Wow! Wow! It's amazing! Wow! Why? Because the presence of God is there. Didn't he say in Matthew 6, pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Didn't he say pray that way? So we would be biblical to be believing for heaven to manifest on earth. We would be biblical. Will we be, uh, will we be right by the word to see heaven manifest on the earth? Would that be correct? Well, if, if that happened, what would people be saying? 
wow, wow, all the time. Okay, compare that to where we have been. Do, would you say that we have felt like we've arrived? And the answer is yes. We think we're there. We've thought it at least. How many people would be honest enough to admit, I thought I knew that we, we were there? Because here's the issue. If we're not pushing into that wow and that astonishment and the great big power and love of God, if we're not pushing into that, then we feel like we're already there or we don't have to. But he said, pray that it be established on earth. So see, I have it in my heart like until we see heaven on earth, we're not done. And we haven't arrived at anything. You know, we, we've started. We've got a good start. We're out of the blocks, right? But we, we are not at the finish line. And we can't get it in our hearts. Glory to God, we had some awesome worship. Hey, we saw the power of God. And then be like, yeah. Ah, look at us. Would you just look at us? We can't do that. No, look at Jesus. And every time I look at Jesus, I go, wow, there's more. There's more. We got to get it. Wow, there's more. In him we live and move and have our being. We need the more in our lives. I'll watch it. I'll be at different meetings and, and they won't, you know, they might not have had the same training and teaching that you've had here. And, and they'll say, somebody will say, who in here needs a miracle? And I'm like, me, like it's an automatic, me, I need a miracle all the time, all the time. I need the supernatural in my life all the time. I need wow all the time. Why? Because I can have it and I know what to do with it. See, if I'm just about me and I'm just, just going to give to Nicole and I and that's it, then I don't know what to do with it. But where I, when I know where to give it to, I need a miracle all the time. I need more finances. I need more anointing. I need more health operating in my life and the, the ministry of divine healing through my life all the time. Why? Why do, I, why do you need that? That seems selfish. No, it's actually complete humility because it says, to whom much is given, much is required. I know that if he has given me all of his love, then I have been given everything. I have a requirement to dish out what he's made available and I'm not going to sit by on the sideline waiting for him to tell me everything to do. He's already he told me every believer has the capacity to walk in wow every believer have any believers in here you have the capacity of God in you you have the capacity of amazing astonishing wow inside of you Every one of you, it says in Mark 16, every believer, those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. If the devil gets in and even gets some poison to them, it won't harm them. It won't harm them. 
If they eat any deadly thing, it won't harm them. There's got to be something inside of us that gets us to the place to not being feeling like we've arrived and to go after by faith the wow. The wow. Lord, I need you in my life. I want to see you. I want to see you move in my life. I got to have you. Lord, I, I got to have you. Without you, spiritually, I'm bankrupt. Without you. So then we sit there, and, and here's the issue. So we got to judge ourselves by this word, and we got to judge ourselves by Christ, not by other people. I don't, I don't have to get up here and judge myself by all the other pastors in town. No, I judge myself to Jesus. Am I walking like him? Am I walking like him? Am I carrying that power and that anointing like him or not? Well, better than I've ever been. Do I look like him? I would say no, not fully, not, not all the way. But am I working on it? Or am I sitting still with an arrival sticker? No, then that needs to be the same case for every believer. I will not sit still. I will not sit still. Lord, I'm going after you. I will not sit still. Lord, I'm going after you. Lord, I'm going after you. I'm bankrupt without you. I got to have you. I'm going after you. I want what is normal to you. I want what's normal to you. Now, I want to share, share something with you. Because in Acts chapter 2... When the Lord gave us this a while back, in Acts chapter 2, you can turn there. We know that this was the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit was poured out. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Verse 5. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. Now what you see here is that day the church went from 120 people to over 3,000 people in one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what we have here, about 120 people. What would you think if next Sunday there were 3,000 people here? <laughs> Number one, are you prepared for that? Do you know what it would look like? What would you do with 3,000 people? One thing is we need to start thinking those thoughts. We need to start thinking those thoughts. But what does it look like? Here's what I want you to see though. There's an increase. There's an increase that's needed. 
There's an increase. How did the increase come in this story? God gave them a sound and a supernatural power from heaven. Now, if you apply this to today's, today's terms, you could look at a church and go, my goodness, we've been doing this for a long time and we, need, we just need something. We need something. What do you need? Let me tell you. You need a word from God. Because if you back up in Acts chapter 1, Jesus gave them a word. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. There was a word given, and that word, when they were obedient to the word, all of a sudden there was a promise released and a supernatural power that caused them to increase just like that. Go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, you know the story, verse 1. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, or Simon Peter's, and he asked to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. Let me just... This boat was Simon's business. Will you make your business God's business? <laughs> Will you make your business a supply to God's business? He had been fishing, we're going to find out. He had been fishing all night and hadn't called anything. How do you feel after you get done with the work day? That, yeah. Friday afternoon, Jesus calls and says, I need you at the church house. <laughs> yeah, now, now we're in the story, okay? Hey, can, can, I need to borrow your boat. I need to borrow your boat. I need you and yourself to serve at church. Go to the revival, go to Holy Ghost weekend, whatever it is, I need... Well, See, and we're like, oh yeah, I'll make, I'll make my business God's business. Yeah, for real? We'll find out soon, right? For real? And next week, we're going to have Brother Ted Schultz. We need volunteers. You know, you're going to find out if your business is God's business. Will you make it? But I want you to see something. What would have happened if he wouldn't have made God's business his business? It was, but I didn't do that. I didn't even think through that. She was like, that was a setup. I, I know. That was all the Holy Ghost because I didn't even think about that till I was over there. So, that's how he does stuff. You, you never want to debate with the Holy Spirit. He is really quick. It's like he's God or something. He knows how to do his business. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. He knows how to get business done. He knows how to get business done. Will you make your business God's business? This is serious business. This is serious business. Matter of fact, if you want to have a serious business, get your business into God's business. I'm not just talking about if you own the company. I'm talking about your life is his. 
Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives to the death. They loved not their Friday afternoon rest after a week of work more than they loved Jesus. That's what that's saying. Now God's in your business <laughs> right now. He done gotten all up in your business. He said, so think about that. He's done. He's been working all night. Not only had he worked all night, but work didn't exactly like bring him smiles and joys and wows that day. They didn't catch anything. We worked all night and caught nothing. <laughs> caught nothing. God, at least you could have done, was ask me on a day that I had been blessed. It's a day we haven't been blessed that he needs to get in your business the most. Amen. It's when you don't have money in the bank account that he, you need the most to sow. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make sense. I know, neither does most things in the kingdom. They're all upside down compared to worldly thinking. Those will be first, will be last. The greatest will be a servant. When you need something the most is when you give. It doesn't make sense in the world. That's the way it works. I, you had a horrible work day. Will you give me your boat so I can use it? It's like that everywhere. All over the kingdom. Constantly. And it, it, you, notice how, you notice how it's like right up, right up to our line of, of being just ticked off. You know, he'll just, he'll come right up to that line and be like, yeah, that little thing that's irritating you right now, give me that. Like, that's what I want right there. And he'll put his finger right there on our issue. Anybody ever notice that about Jesus? That person really irritates me. Good, go and give to them. Good, I want you to love on them and smile real big when you do it. I know, everybody was like, oh. <laughs> I know, it's like Jesus. Why? Because he loves you too much to leave you in that place. He loves you too much to leave you there. It was so funny. There was a young man, I think, I think, Buddy and Nicole was standing there. A guy came up the other day. He said, he said, I said, are you wanting to get baptized? He said, I don't know. I don't know. He said, I probably need to. I said, yeah, probably so. <laughs> he went, okay. You know, it's like, like God's going to, don't, don't relieve somebody from the conviction of God. I was like, why are you even standing here if you didn't need to get baptized? Like, you know you need to get baptized. Get in the water. What are you thinking about? Get in the water. Get out of your chair and move to God. You see? Quit looking at how it didn't go well all night in your business. You didn't catch anything. And just say, God, get in my business. Tell me what to do. He, he, he disciplines those that he loves. He loves you too much to let something hold you back. He loves us too much to let something hold us back. And so what will happen is when we're, look at this, 
Oh, the, the Holy Ghost putting this message together. Because honestly, when I stood up here, I didn't have a message. <laughs> I knew he would do it. I just didn't know how and I didn't know what. I just knew a couple of things that he told me to say. I want you to see this though. You worked and worked and worked and worked, but it's just not working. You worked and worked and worked and worked, but it's just not working. You worked and worked and worked, but it just doesn't seem like it's working. What do you need? You need God to get in your business. And in order to get God in your business, you got to come to him. You got to come to him. You got to yield to him. Submit yourself to him in some way. Submit yourself. Peter's way of submitting is, sure, I'll give you my boat that I just put up after a night of not working and I just finished cleaning my nets and I earned nothing. Sure, I'll push my boat out one more time. Now, Peter didn't say that in Scripture, but y'all know, y'all know that was going through his head. His flesh was telling him that because you got the same corrupted flesh that Peter does. And, you know, he didn't know him as Jesus now. He didn't know that's going to be written in Luke. He didn't know. Nobody knew. Jesus hadn't died yet. He hadn't risen from the grave yet. No, he's just some young preacher all these people are so excited about. <laughs> and now that young preacher's up in his business. But that young preacher was speaking for God. He was speaking for the Father because he never did anything but what he saw the Father do. And he never said anything but what he heard the Father say. Oh. And Peter had hit a place where everything he was doing wasn't working. He hit a place where everything he was doing wasn't working. All of a sudden, a young preacher with the voice of the Father shows up and says, give me something. On your worst day, give me something. This is the way of God. It's how he does it. Why? Because see, that thing that he's asking for, generally, it's got us. But what is it to the Lord? Is it the Lord just trying to take something from somebody? No, 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 no. This is God trying to get something to somebody. Don't we know the end of the story? Don't we know the end of this supernatural, miraculous story? Don't we know it now? But did Peter know it then? Do you, do you want to know it then? But do you know it when he asks for it now? You don't necessarily, but can you see the character and nature of God and how he works all the time? So all of a sudden, God comes up and he says, oh, you need to break out of this natural cycle and get something supernatural inside of you. You know what you need? You need to give me, you need to give yourself to me. Give your heart, give your mind, give your strength, give of your resources. You just make yourself available. And when I give you a word, come to me and respond. Peter needs a breakthrough. 
Uh, he's about to get a breakthrough that changes his life forever. Uh, changes his eternity, right? He's about to get a calling from God. He doesn't know it. But on his worst business day, a young preacher with the words of God in his mouth stands up and says, Hey, uh, can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? Lord, I just had the worst day. I just had the worst week. And you're asking me to do that this week of all weeks? And, and can't you just hear the voice of God going, exactly. That's exactly why I'm here this week. Because you're not going to stay at the worst week if you'll listen. If you'll be obedient and come to me, I'm here to offer you an opportunity to come to me. I'm here to offer an opportunity to come to me. I'm here to offer you an opportunity to come to me. And if you'll come to me, hard and heavy is gone. Easy and light is yours. So we've got to find this place of humility. We've, we've got to find this place where we're ready and willing at all times to humble ourselves to God. Where we're at the ready. Oh, you want my boat? Yeah! Absolutely! Absolutely! What else do you need? What else do you need? You need me right now? To love on that person that's been a pain in my neck? Yeah! Woo! It's funny how you don't get amens when you bring that point up. For 12 and a half years as a pastor, you bring points like that up and everybody's like... Mm -hmm. They won't say amen in their spirit. But their flesh is like... Nah. You want to break through? You got to be willing to lay it on line. Yeah. You want to break through? You got to be willing to stay with the keeper. You got to be willing to stay where he is, do it his way. Like Buddy said this morning, come to, come to him. So Jesus gets finished preaching. Can you imagine Peter? Let's just talk about flesh Peter for a second, right? Lord, I have... Worked all night long. This is the end of my work day. I just cleaned everything. I just put it all up. And now, fresh young preacher wants to preach from my boat. See, people with eyes of vision, eyes of faith, they see opportunity. And we can see it looking back on the story, but we got to be able to see it looking forward. we got to see opportunity looking forward. Oh, you're asking me for something. See, what, what God's really asking us for is honor. And those who honor me, he says, I will honor. And it is not a fair trade. The honor that we give out versus the honor that we get back is not even comparable. You know, right now, he's asking each one of us to make our lives winners of souls. Amen. The whole point of us being here and not going to heaven is to win as many people into the family of God as we can. But how many, how many churches are about that? 
Almost none. Your average church, 100 people, $100,000 budget, wins less than two people a year to the Lord. That's lunacy. I mean, that's the whole point we're here. Not to have big crowds, not to get amens, win people to Jesus. But, see, we don't want to give ourselves to that because, Lord, we're just going through, we're just happy to go to heaven. I just finished a long day on this earth, and I just, I'm, I'm ready to go to heaven. I don't want to take anybody with me to be blessed. I just want to get there myself. But see, this goes into it. And see, once we take on the heart of, Lord, I'm yours. You tell me what to do, I'll do it. I'm going to go win souls. I'm going to go after you. I'll give what you tell me to give. You, I finish a long day and you want me to go do some work on the kingdom. I'll go do it on the kingdom. I don't care what it is. Lord, I'm yours. We get this all in inside of us. All of a sudden, the supernatural is opened up to us. The supernatural is opened up. Here, here it is. Think about, all right, flesh, Peter again. I just worked all night. Now this young preacher, everybody loves, wants to use my boat. I just got it cleaned up. And he preaches. And, and, and the thing is, like, think about this. If Peter was really, really impressed with Jesus' message, and Jesus said, throw your nets on the other side of the boat, Peter wouldn't have said anything. He'd have just gone... And thrown them, right? I, like, that was a heavenly message. Glory to God. Yes, sir. No, that's not what he does. He's like, well, you know, you're a preacher and I'm a fisherman. And we fished all night and we caught nothing. But at your word, I will throw the nets. Now, I want you to know, the, the message that Jesus had was a heavenly message, or else he wouldn't be speaking. He only spoke what the Father said. It kind of shows you that you can have a heavenly message and have people that don't hear it. It happens all the time. Jesus said like this, having ears to hear, they don't hear. Having eyes to see, they don't see. Have a hardened heart, hearing they don't hear, seeing they don't see. That's what happens. So here's Peter, he's had a long day, he's got this fresh young preacher using his boat, and it seems to be that he's sitting there, and whatever Jesus preached, did he even hear it? It doesn't, it doesn't look like it. Anybody ever been in, don't, don't raise your hand. Don't, anybody ever been in that boat? Anybody like, that's great. And everybody, you get done with the message, everybody's like hooping and hollering, you're walking out the door, and the preacher's like, hey, did you get anything out? Oh, yeah, preacher, and you walk out the door, and you're like, I don't know what he preached. I don't know what, and, and, and the reason is because the weight of the world was sitting on us. I wasn't paying attention to that. I, I just, I, I feel like I'm checking the box, doing my job of being there, and praise God I was there. They should be happy I was there. Yeah. Now, I know y'all have never been there, but I heard a story about people that went through that once. But it appears Peter was here on this day in Luke chapter 5. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, all this weight had hardened his heart. And he didn't hear. And even, he's, he's talking to the creator of the universe. The one who made the fish. <laughs> the one who made the water. And the seas. Right in front of them. Well, Jesus, we fished all night. He's talking to the one who gave the wisdom to become fishermen, to make nets and boats. Causes the winds to blow. He's talking to Jesus through whom nothing was made. If it's made, it came through Jesus. And he's telling Jesus, now young preacher, I know, I know you just preached a good message and I know that everybody seems to like you, you know, and I know, but we fished all night. <laughs> Jesus said, let's just read it. And began teaching the people out of the boat, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, <laughs> we worked hard all night and caught nothing. Like, why say that? Like, why say that? Like, you can't just, I mean, you can't just say, okay. But see, there's a little bit of controversy here. There's a little something going on inside of Peter that's like, like, I got to show who I am, you know. I got to show, I'm the fisherman, you're the preacher. You got your specialty, I have mine. And he had so much to show for it. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. Yeah, very good call. Good call. I want you to see something, though. First, he sewed his boat. He didn't even really... Did he know who he was sewing it into? I don't think so. Did he know what he was sewing it into? It was, it was really done out of ignorance. But he sewed. He still advanced the kingdom of God that day and he made his business God's business. He even did it unknowingly. Now, you can get into a better harvest when you know it knowingly. And you should become more knowledgeable about such things. But it reminds me of our friend and a partner of the ministry, uh, Corey and Brandy Johnson. He didn't even believe in sowing and reaping. And Jesse DePlantis came up to a church that was near there, and Jesse, Jesse said something about sowing, and he said, if you'll sow, he said, I believe you'll see a hundredfold return. And, uh, and Corey, Corey said, I don't even know why I sowed, because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it was going to happen. He said, I took $10. He said, and it was almost like stuff it in your face, preacher. And, uh, and, and he sowed Ten dollars, and he wasn't even. He said within a week he had a thousand dollar thousand dollars come in, a hundredfold exactly. And he went, maybe this stuff does work. And from that day, he started seeing seed time and harvest work in his life. Now he's gifted and anointed to plant seed and harvest. He's anointed in business, and God. I mean, he's made his business God's business. God's bringing through some great things for him. 
But it, he didn't even really believe and know what he was doing, but yet God is fertile soil. <laughs> Say that again. God is fertile soil. So here's Peter who doesn't really know, but does Peter need a breakthrough? Natural stuff was kicking his tail. Natural things was kicking Peter's tail. He needed a breakthrough from the north. He needed the supernatural. All of a sudden, right when he needs the supernatural, here comes a preacher showing up. Can I use your boat? Does that look supernatural? Was there an opportunity knocking? Oh, you better believe it. There was an opportunity knocking. The kingdom of God showed up on his doorsteps, doorsteps and said, I need for you to sow something. He sowed something, and then the sowing of the seed brought about a word. Launch into the deep and let down your nets. The sowing of the seed, and this is what I want you to see. He sowed the seed, it opened up the opportunity, and then all of a sudden the opportunity presented itself by a Say it with me, a word. A what? A word. God gave him a word. Now at this point, he said, launch into the deep and let down your nets. He had just cleaned his nets. He had just come in from the deep before, not long ago. That doesn't look logical. It's coming through a preacher, not a professional fisherman. But there was a seed sown and there was a word straight from God. He gives them a little feedback, which we should get rid of that. Now, I think Peter realized that later, but at this point he wasn't learned yet, right? He, he wasn't there yet. He gives them a little feedback. Look, we, we went out all night, we didn't catch anything. But at your word, I'll do as you say. Notice that he wasn't like, Peter, thank you so much for sowing into the kingdom of God. We're going to the deep now. Deep. And they were in the deep. Now he had to do something to get to the deep. He had to launch out into the deep. In other words, you got to hoist the sails. You know, all of these things are probably tied up at this point. He had to loose them, let the wind blow, get out, maybe row a little bit to get in position, get out into the deep, then take the freshly clean nets, throw them overboard, yeah, I don't know if they were trawling, trawling or what, but probably go a little bit and then pull the nets back up. In other words, you know, a lot of people look at the scripture in Malachi and says, I'll open the, the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. They're like, and this is what they think. Here we go. Here's our offering. Do, 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 do. Boom. And they're, and they're blown over by the blessings of God, like before they get back to their seats. Anybody ever thought that before besides me? Like, I'm ex before I get back in my seat, somebody's going to walk up and put a check in my hand. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've had it happen. But it don't happen every time. No, many times that seed opens up an opportunity of the word. And then with that word, I got to go do something. I got to go do something. I might have to sweat. <sighs> I might have to work towards something. Oh, say it isn't so. No, it really is so. You might have to go do so. He might open up and give you a business. 
But you're going to have to work. You're going to have to do something. Even the manna that fell in the desert, even the manna, they had to go out each day with their little omer, and omer is like a just, they went out with their mason jar, and then they filled their mason jar with manna. They had to go out and fill it up. You know, can't you see the Israelites sitting in their tents like, the least he could do would be make it rain in here, in my tent. Like you're in the desert and there's supernatural bread falling. Get off your tail and go pick it up. Heavenly bread nobody has ever seen before. The word itself means what is it? Because it was that supernatural. Get up, get out of the tent, and go fill up your mason jar with manna. <laughs> I've watched pastors before. Oh, Lord, just send the people to my church. Just send the people to my church, Lord. Oh, praise God. Lord, you did it for the, them in Acts. 3,000 in one day. And sit at home all week and do nothing. Let me just make it very clear. That is not this church. <laughs> we working all the time. All the time. We're not toiling. Toiling's a part of the curse. But we are working. The word says, do the work of ministry. I met... Uh, Bishop David Oyedepo, I, he said it to me. I remember Ted, uh, Ted Shellsworth Jr. saying the same thing. He wanted to be blessed by Bishop David Oyedepo. If you don't know him, he's a minister in Nigeria. And their auditorium seats 52,000 people in it. And four times a, a Sunday, they fill that up and have that outside. Over 400,000 people a Sunday in Nigeria. Third world, Nigeria, the man knows what he's doing. They know how to they know how to work. They know how to work. And uh, Teddy went to go get uh, meet him and get prayed for, and uh, he said he took his hand and went, Bless and be, and whatever he said to bless him. And then he said, Now get to work. Get to work. There's work to do in the kingdom of God. Same thing here with Peter. All right. You sowed, it opened up the opportunity. You needed opportunity. Can't you, now watch this. Can't you see Peter at his house, you know, the night before or, or the day before, whatever, before he goes out? Think about this. Oh, God, I just need your help. I just don't know what to do. Like it, we've been fishing. We've just not been catching anything. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. And, and what's he doing? He's going out there the next day, working through the whole night. And Lord, I just need a breakthrough. I just need a breakthrough. He goes out there. He's working through the whole night. Now, what's he thinking? I just prayed. I spent three hours in prayer yesterday, and I fasted breakfast. When I go fish tomorrow night, I'm going to be loaded. Right? And what does he do? Goes out there, nets, empty, 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 all night, all night, all night, all night. Lord, I thought, I prayed, I fasted. Where is this supply? 
I got out here, I got nothing. Can you see opportunity for offense? Had God not answered his prayer? Oh no, God's answered his prayer. It just didn't come like what he thought. It just goes back to last week. Do we trust God? Do we trust him? Because his prayer was not answered by him toiling all night. His prayer was answered by seed. His prayer was answered by making his business God's business. His prayer was answered by a young preacher that everybody was excited about. Blessed be the peacemakers. Right? It was, his prayer was answered by somebody they didn't know yet. Hey, can I use your boat? After they've been working all night. That's how his prayer was answered. Then his prayer was answered. That, that seed opened up opportunity for a word. And the word produced. When it was acted upon. When it was worked on. When it was obedient. Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. They began to sink. Nets breaking, ship sinking, overflow of the provision of God at the word of a preacher. It's God's way. It's how he does things. Especially if we'll make our business his business. And I'm not just talking about money. This is not the offer message if you didn't know that. This is not an offer message. I'm telling you how to break out of the natural and get into the supernatural. Because you might not, it might not just be money. It might just need, Lord, I need supernatural solution on this. I need wisdom on this. I need to stop going in this cycle. I've got to break out of this thing. I've got to go to another level. I, I recognize my life has not been heaven on earth. And I'm deciding today, I'm not stopping till I see heaven on earth in my life. I will be a representative of God. I will be his hands and feet. I will be the light of God in my neighborhood, in my city, in my county. I will be, but I won't be held back because I see he released it. If nobody else does, I'm grabbing a hold of it for myself. Lord, let your light shine through me. Let your light shine through me. Lord, I'm not going to be held back. See, it can be that moving towards the supernatural, but you don't get to the supernatural without making your business God's business. And that means when he tells you, don't watch that movie, go read Luke. When he tells you, matter of fact, that whole series we just came through in 1 Peter 4, you know how that happened? Because I wanted to watch something or a movie or something like that. I don't really watch that much TV, but I think I wanted to watch a movie. And God said, no, read Peter. I read Peter, and as I'm reading, and, and you know what my flesh is doing the whole time? I really just wish I was watching a movie. I'm reading the Word of God. But yet, that's what my flesh is saying. Like, mine does it too. I'm reading. I get to 1 Peter 4. He says, preach that. This is for a boomerang now. 
We spent three and a half months on that. Because I read, in other words, I made my business his business when I wanted to make a movie my business. See, he was opening up, listen to this now, he was opening up an opportunity to the whole church and every partner with Boomerang and the What's Right broadcast and everything. He was opening up an opportunity to all of us if I would make my business his business in that moment. And if I didn't, he, he would have been merciful, but we might have missed it and might have missed what we needed to get right at that moment. Three and a half months. It was one chapter. I thought I was going to preach it one day. Y'all know how I am. I thought we were going to preach it one day. I'd be done. And then we'd move on to the next thing. Three and a half months later, we're still in 1 Peter chapter 4. And, and so you see there's revelation. What was beautiful was after I preached that, what, last week? What was the last day on that? I preached that last week. We went out to eat lunch. And Hannah and Joni were sitting there. And, and, and Joni said, you've been preaching this for three and a half months. I just got it this week. I just got it. Hannah said, I just got it today. I just got it today. I just saw it. I got a hold of it. That's why, that's why churches don't need short, you know, little sweet and short series all the time. Sometimes you got to spend three and a half months on them. And sometimes, how many people, I mean, be honest, how many people felt like I was repeating the same thing almost every week? And see, our flesh will get tired with that. It's like, I've already thrown out the nets on this subject last week, Lord. Why is he preaching this again? I throw my nets out. It was empty last week. It was empty the week before. And here he is preaching about the definition of suffering one more time. And you sowed into me. You sowed. You didn't walk out. You didn't, you didn't be like, I am not listening to this again. I'm going to go act like I got something to do in the lobby. No, you sowed. And then all of a sudden, and you might not have ever gotten revelation, but Hannah did. But Joni did. I did. I got revelation out of it. I saw things every week, new. Every week. Because when we yield ourselves, watch this, when we come humbly to God, He'll open up grace and He'll open up an opportunity. You'll start to see things. See, when we sit there and go, I know I've heard this before. That's when hearing you don't hear and seeing you don't see. But when we say, Lord, apparently I need to hear this again today. And even if it's not for me, maybe it's for somebody else. Lord, I yield myself to you. This is the place where you planted me. And, and God, you know what you are doing. And you're unlocking something for somebody. And even if it's not me, Lord, just let them be blessed today. See, now we're yielded. Now we're in unity. Now we're going forward and God opens up opportunity and supernatural things start to happen. Supernatural things. That's why you just you know, do a four-week series and you're done, which is so popular right now. But the Holy Ghost says go further and you don't go further, you're missing it. And, and he doesn't always say do a series. Someday it's just a one, one message like tonight. Is that part of a series? I didn't even know what this message was going to be. I do now, but I didn't, even when I stood up there. That's why I told y'all, pray in the Spirit so I can find it. Like, like all these spiritual prayers. Oh, there it is right there. 
That's not how that works. I was just making that up. <laughs> Amen. You know, in the middle of that series, he just reminded me, in the middle of that series, I did a whole teaching on tithes and offering, one day teaching on tithes and offering. You know, we had like four people healed that day. I didn't preach on healing. Yeah. I preached on tithes and offering. I preached on money, finances. God moved because it was his word. That's what he wanted to preach that day. See, if we'll yield to the Holy Ghost, he'll have us in the right place at the right time letting down our nets for a catch. A supernatural catch. Not just a normal catch, but a supernatural catch. One word preached by the Spirit of God can change your life forever. And I hope that that day for you is today. Today. One word can change it forever. There's a unity in this place. I could feel it this morning. There's a unity in this place I'm so pleased with. Oh man, you could feel it. Something different. Feels different. A unity. And, and unity, you know Psalms 133. It says, in unity, God commands the blessing. Amen. A blessing released, you got to grab a hold of. A blessing commanded by God, you can't stop it. It's coming. He commanded it to. You get in unity, God starts commanding blessings. How many people wants God to start commanding blessings over you? Whew, Lord, command all you want over me. You know what? You can make that happen yourself by striving to get in unity with the brethren. Instead of finding reasons to be out of unity, strive. The Bible says, one translation, strive to get into unity. And in that place, God commands the blessing. Whew! What could a body walk in if they stayed in unity all the time and they stopped looking for what divided them and they looked at unity? Lord, I'll be in unity. I'll forgive them. I'll move on. What could happen in those moments if they, if they made unity their purpose and what they're striving for? God starts commanding blessings. Supernatural increase. That's what happens. It's our year of increase. It's a year to do it. Let's just do it. Let's just go after unity and let God start commanding. Let's just go after it and let God start commanding. Let's just go after it and let God start commanding. Yeah. Let's just go after it and let God start commanding it. Amen. The blessings, the increase. Let's just go after it. Amen. All of a sudden, Peter, would you say that Peter's lack and the natural was broken in one moment by a seed sown? And a word given and obedience to the word. A seed sown, a word given, and obedience to the word. He gave him a word in Acts. He's, he gave him a word, stay in here. Stay in Jerusalem till you receive the promise. There were 500 people. There were 500 disciples, we know. There were 500, but only in that room that day, 120. There was 120. Where'd the other 380 go? But the 120 were in unity. The 120 were doing what God said. And God made them pillars of the New Testament church. And the next day there were 3,120 at the minimum. 
3,120. I want you to see something. At this moment, Peter falls to his knees and says, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. He realizes he has talked to the wrong man and thought the wrong thoughts about this man. And he realizes this guy's carrying supernatural power. He says, get away from me. Jesus never wanted to get away from him. Jesus was there to call him. Jesus was there to call him. Jesus was there actually to light him up and activate him. God wants to activate you. The question is, will you allow yourself for your business to become his business? God wants to bring you out of that natural cycle and bring you into a supernatural cycle where God starts blessing your business. I want you to see something. He's calling Peter and the rest of the disciples right here in this moment and he then tells them, you're not going to be fishing for fish anymore. You're going to be fishing for men. Here's what I want you to catch and I never saw it until last week. Here's what I want you to catch. Lisa, you should have left at that. <laughs> You, you can't laugh at her jokes at lunch the whole time. I throw that out there and you don't laugh. It's not right. I'm a young preacher. People like me. You should listen right now. You never know. Supernatural. I might be knocking at your door. Laugh at that joke. Lisa, come on. I want you to catch this. He's, he's telling people how to catch men... He says, I want you to become a fisher of men. But he just showed them how to catch fish. He just used the fish as an example of how they would catch men. Just like he called them in Acts at the word. He gave them a word and a sound. A supernatural sound. Right here, he said, if you'll sow into my kingdom, if you'll sow into me, wait for the word and then work the word. See, we were talking, Patty Jean and I were talking about this at the end of the service because she was asking me a question. I said, here's what most people need. The Word says this. It says, men will live, and we know life to the full till it overflows, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We also know in Romans chapter 10, that's Matthew 4, in Romans chapter 10 it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. We also know that in 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if I want to overcome the natural, I've got to apply faith. And in order to have faith, I've got to have a word. And if I can get a word, I'll live supernaturally by that word. Can you see the connection between those verses? So I've got to have a word. So then Jesus says in Luke, I, I, uh, let's see, James 4, I think it's verse 2. Let's look at that real quick. James 4, 2. It says, You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. This is what I was saying to you earlier. So James chapter 4 verse 2 and verse 3 is, he says, you don't have because you don't ask and when you do ask, you're asking for it because you want a certain thing. You're wanting a certain thing. 
In other words, your flesh has gotten involved and now the only reason you're asking is because you want it and your flesh wants it. In other words, we've got to get our flesh out of the way because if we will ask according to his will, we'll have it. So here's the thing. If God has not given us a specific promise in here, right? So I'll use a car. You can put in whatever you want, a, a spouse. You can use a car, a home, uh, whatever it is. What's something that you would like to have that, that would be nice and your flesh would like it? Tell me. A boat. A house. Huh? Business. All of these things. So what most people do is they look at these things and they say, they would fulfill me. They'll fulfill me. If I can get this, I'll be fulfilled. That's not true. Most, a lot of people have those things and they're not fulfilled. It's not the thing that will fulfill them. And so what happens is a lot of these things, we're asking for them out of the pleasures of our heart. Out of the, not our heart, but of the pleasures of our flesh. And so we're sitting there and we're like, Lord, just please give me this Lamborghini. Please just give me this Lamborghini. Please, I just want a Lamborghini or whatever it is. Doesn't have to be Mercedes. It could be a Lexus. It could be, you know, whatever it is. I'm just, I'm trying to think of bigger ones, you know. We can go higher. Maybox, McLarens, huh? Maserati, Bentleys. You know, we can go Toyota. Yeah, because that can be useful. <laughs> Spaceship. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> she said, bless him, Lord. <laughs> but see, a lot of times we're asking for those things out of the pleasures of our flesh. And he's saying, when you ask like that, you're messing up. So we got to get our flesh out of this thing. If I have a promise from God to have provision, then I'll have provision. But there is no promise in there that says Brian Wright will have a Lamborghini. There's no promise of that. Now, I keep preaching like this for years, and it will not surprise me if I ended up having one, because I keep talking about it. And I'm not talking about it on purpose. It's just the way it works. It's some spiritual law. But the issue is, I've got no promise there. I'm not even asking for one. I don't, I'm not, you see what I'm saying? But here's what I want you to see. Many times we're asking, Lord, give me a Lamborghini, or give me this car that I need. Give me this van, you know? Give me, give me this SUV. We need this SUV. But there's no promise. So you're basing your prayer and you're asking for something that God didn't say. You're in presumption. Why? When do you get in presumption? When you don't have a word. If you don't have a word, you're asking amiss. And so when he says you have not because you ask not, we need to be asking for something Obviously, he's telling us, ask for something. What is it we're asking for? What do we need? We need to be believing God for seed. And because he tells us that. And we need a word. Because if we can get a supernatural word, we can get a supernatural harvest. 
And so the thing, if we don't already have a promise in that Bible, the thing that we need to be asking for is, Lord, give me a word. Because if you'll give me a word, I can live off of that word. Faith will come because of that word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, the word of God, the alive word. If you'll give me an alive rhema word, faith will come up. And now my faith can be applied and overcome the lack of the natural that's been happening to me. I need a word. Lord, give me a word. Show me that word. So don't just make something up because a lot of times if we just say, well, I want this and I want this kind of this kind of husband or this kind of wife and I want this kind of car and this everything. We're just making all that up in our flesh. It's all presumption. We're making it up. Ask God for a word. Lord, what do you want me to have? Give me a word on that. Nicole and I start praying that. We started praying that and uh, a few years ago because we recognized the cars that we have, they're running, they're coming to the end of their life, been great cars, but they were, they, we needed something different. It was time. We said, Lord, give us a word. Lord, give us a word. Show us what do you want us to believe for? We started asking the Lord, what do you want us to believe for? We went to a meeting. Uh, Prophet Donald Moore was down at uh, Pastor Gene's Church in, in Rockingham. We walked in and uh, we were late because we had a service. I think we might have had the Holy Spirit service and then we went down there, drove an hour to Rockingham. We walk in and they were finishing up service, but we wanted to be there for in, just a minute of ministry. Listen to this. One word yeah. from the Spirit of God can change your life forever and I hope for you that that night is tonight. We were so hungry. In other words, we didn't feel like we had arrived. We just finished Holy Spirit service. We haven't arrived. Let's go to Pastor Gene's. Woohoo! Let's go get a word. The meeting's over. We walk in. He's wrapping up. He's like giving a couple of people words. And we were there for like 10 minutes before they shut down. But before they shut down, Prophet Donald goes, Hey, I see a car in your future. There's the word. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One word. Well, that car's sitting out there now. Sitting out there. Exactly what we wanted. Exactly. What, what we had peace in our heart. He had written his word in his heart about what kind. Gave us the word. It's coming now. Now, most people would go out the next day and go try to find that car. We knew better than that. We knew that's what he said. I see it. I see it coming. You know, it was about a year later, I think. But now it's sitting out there. Sitting out there. One word. One word. I told, I told Nicole just the other day, I said, that's the first car. I was like, we don't move by feelings. I get that. But when I look at that car, like, I just feel good. It blesses me. It just blesses me. First car we've ever had since we've been married that makes me feel like that. It just blesses me. One word. That's why, that's why we need services. You can get a word like a 1 Peter chapter 4 when you're spending a long time at home. You can get a word sitting in a service like this. All of a sudden, God drops a word. See, what we need to ask for is, Lord, give me a word. Give me an opportunity to sow seed and give me a word. Let me sow seed into your kingdom and give me a word. And what happened, what happened to Peter? He didn't even know he was in the cycle. 
Most people didn't even know the cycle existed at this point. But spiritually it was there. He, and I imagine Peter was probably praying for breakthrough in his business. Probably praying, Lord, I need something to happen. The next, you know, and then all of a sudden one day, Jesus shows up on the shoreline. Can I use your boat? Is it possible? We don't read about it, but just think about this. It just, in reality, is it possible we ask other people to use their boat? Possible. I mean, couldn't that happen today? That, hey, can I use your boat? Can I use your truck to do this? Can I, can I, is it possible? And, and people miss their opportunity because of things like that. They miss their opportunity because they miss the place to see, not knowing that the next thing coming is a word. Is a word. One word can change your life forever. All of a sudden, in a moment of time, he brings in such a harvest. Now think about this. That, that seed of sowing his boat and that obedience to the word that he heard brought in such a harvest that him and all his partners were set. They were set. Literally, remember, it doesn't tell us that Peter goes back to fishing once. That gave him enough to launch into ministry with Jesus for three and a half years. He, it launched Peter into his worldwide ministry, writing books in the New Testament, was launched on that seed and that harvest. On that harvest. At a word. Flip over to John. You don't do this, but just go over to John 21. Jesus has died. He's left. He's told them the Holy Ghost is coming. All of a sudden, they're out there. They fished all night again. They went back to their comfort zone. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go fishing. All the disciples are like, we're going to. They feel down. They don't know what to do. Anybody ever felt like you just don't know what to do? They go back to their comfort zone. They shouldn't have done that. But praise God, we have a merciful Savior. Praise God, we have a merciful Savior. And then some guy standing on the shore, they didn't know it was a word from the Lord. They didn't know it. But some guy standing on the shore, he goes, throw your nets on the other side. And at the word, they throw it on the other side. Well, we've tried everything else. Might as well try this. All of a sudden, here come the fish. Flew it. John, who knew Jesus intimately, goes, that's the Lord. Peter said, that's all I need to see. I'm done with this way of providing for myself forever. I got to get in his presence. He grabs all his stuff, jumps in the water. If you're ready to move to the supernatural, you got to get all your business and make it God's business. You got to be all in. You got to not love your life. You got to love your life to the place where it doesn't even count to you anymore. Lord, I'm yours. Everything I have is yours. Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. As we go tonight, Barrett's going to do the offering message and then we're going to have a short communion. But as you do these two things tonight, move in this in this heart. Lord, I'm yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything that I'm doing, I'm doing it for you. And ask him for the word. Just close your eyes right now. 
Is there something that you need? Is there something? Are you ready to break out of the natural cycle and move into a supernatural cycle? A supernatural abundance? A supernatural harvest in every area of your life? You need a word. Ask them for the word. Lord, give me the word on what I'm looking for. Show me the word. Give it to me. Make it alive to me. And when you think you get your word, don't just jump on it at first. Confirm it. Confirm it. A lot of people, a lot of people mess up because they think they have a word and it didn't come from God. It actually came out of their flesh or from a, from a devil or something. So make sure that it's from God. But once you know it's from God, you get to work on it. You get to work on it. And it will come to pass. What's that word that you need today? What's that word that you need? Lord, I ask you, show me your wisdom. Show me that word in Jesus' name. Amen. Barrett? I really didn't think I'd get up here because Pastor Brian basically preached half of my tithes and offerings message. So it's going to be much shorter than it was going to be. <laughs> but as, as I stepped down from, from the platform, right after worship, the, I believe the Holy Spirit started talking to me. And it goes right in line with what Pastor Brian just shared. And it's going to sound funny. I understand. Brace yourselves. But what the Holy Spirit said to me, as soon, I believe, as soon as I sat down, was, you're not the only pregnant person in the room. I'm not saying Lisa is pregnant. Lisa has already said she's not going to be pregnant. So I'm not, not proclaiming that. <laughs> Julie and Kevin are praising God right now that it's not them. <laughs> not prophesying a whole bunch of babies. <laughs> but what is pregnancy? You know, you are believing that something's going to manifest a blessing and a miracle from God. There are people in this room tonight that are not only pregnant now with expectation from God, but people who are called to be pregnant with expectation from God. People who are called to dream. You are called to dream. You are called to dream. You're called to dream. What have I been doing over these last four weeks that I've known? I have been dreaming about this baby that God has given to myself and George. What is it going to be like? What is it going to accomplish for you, God? What miraculous things are going to come out of this child? What plans and purposes do you have for it, Lord? I've been dreaming. And oh my gosh, it's so exciting. But here's the thing. I can be pregnant with more than just this baby. I can be pregnant with vision for the future. See, when Pastor Brian made the point of what would happen next Sunday if 3,000 people filled this room, that's a pregnant expectation of what's to come. We are called to have 3,000 people and greater in this ministry. That's not a pipe dream. That's the vision. You're part of Boomerang Church International Incorporated. Global ministry is supposed to be taking place through this house. It's not supposed to just be 120. That's an expectation. That's a pregnancy that he's been meditating on for years. 
years. He and Pastor Nicole have had that birthing inside of them. It's grown, it's grown, it's grown, it's grown, and we are now at a point in the ministry where labor pains are about to begin, where we're going to see the manifestation of what God has promised come to pass in our life because it's our year of increase. It's our year. It's our year. It's time to dream again. It's time to dream. See, this wasn't an overnight sort of a thing. Almost 13 years have passed or longer. That's just as long as Boomerang's been existent. But longer there has been a dream inside of Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole that God gave to them. Global, international ministries. They've been meditating on it. They didn't fear it. And see, that's honestly what keeps us from dreaming. It's what kept me from dreaming. It's what kept me from dreaming about this baby. Because there was so much fear of what would happen, what could happen, what may happen, that I refuse to dream. And here's what's happened in this church at different moments in time. And I believe that tonight's a breakthrough night, that where that fear used to exist, that kept us from dreaming, it's about to die tonight. It's going to die and we're going to sow into our destiny and our future because there is an expectation that's called to be inside of you that's coming out. My fear was what would happen if the dream died in the midst of it being grown. You know what I mean? What would happen if as I'm dreaming, as this baby is growing, something happened? You know what that is? That's the curse. That's the curse. You know what Jesus did? He qualified us for the blessing and he redeemed us from the curse. The curse is no longer. The curse is under our feet. But Jesus, in all of his goodness and all of his faithfulness, all of his mercy, he qualified us for the blessing. And the blessing says life and life in abundance. The blessing says head and not the tail. The blessing says above and not beneath. The blessing says it's your year of increase. It's your year of harvest. It's harvest time, boomerang. It's harvest time, boomerang. It's harvest time, boomerang. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. Oh, it's harvest time. See, I'm stirred up because yesterday all I did was read Deuteronomy 28 over and over and over and over. And not the good part. <laughs> that sounds fun. Well, I'm glad that the curse makes you excited. It does, because I'm free from it. I'm free from it. Go with me for a second. Deuteronomy 28, not the beginning. <laughs> We're going to go to verse 38. Deuteronomy 28, verse 38. I was listening to Brother Tracy minister. You know, if anybody's listened to Brother Tracy before, one of the mandates that God has put on his life is to preach no more curse. No more curse. So one of the things that the Lord told him to do was to read through Deuteronomy 28 like a treasure chest. All of Deuteronomy 28. Everything in this chapter belongs to you. Yep. Not the curse, but the reverse of the curse. Jesus qualified you. You know, there was one point in my life where I tried to apply for a credit card. It was way pre-George when my credit was, 
and I did not get qualified. It was not a fun time. But Jesus, here's the thing, our credit before him sucked like bad, bad credit, <laughs> the worst ever. But when we became one with him, he qualified us. He qualified us for the blessing now. We're qualified right now for every good and perfect gift that comes from above, that comes from the Father, whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning. We're qualified for it now. So Deuteronomy 28, verse 38 says, You shall bring out much seed to the field, but you will gather in little, for the locust will consume it. Cool. I'm not going to lie. This is the verse that made me the most excited. And it doesn't sound exciting at all, but g give me a second. You shall plant and cultivate vineyards, but you will neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worm will devour them. Who has ever felt like you have sowed before, you've invested your time, you've sowed and you've sowed and you've sowed, and maybe you've gotten this much back. If I could list, lift all appendages, I would, because this, is be, this has been my life in different points of time. I'd sow and sow and sow, and here's the thing. I've seen this ministry do this. I've, I've been here for eight years now. It was eight years on Wednesday. It was my eight-year anniversary here at Boomerang. I've been here for that long, and I've seen us sow and sow and sow, and in the natural, it's looked like we've gotten a little harvest. These verses, when you flip them, it says that it is a curse to only have a little harvest. But the blessed of God are called to have a mighty harvest. The blessed of God are called to increase, are called to live in abundance. And it is a curse to see a small harvest, which means on your seed tonight, when you sow it, you're not sowing like the bad credit people that you used to be in the sin and in the death. No, you are you're redeemed, 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 and you are redeemed from small harvest. You're redeemed from small harvest. And you're redeemed from them being stolen from you. You're redeemed from these things. They cannot be taken from you because you belong to him. See, when that becomes real to us, oh, y'all, I'm not even going to lie. When I found out I was pregnant, there was fear that tried to come. There, it, it was a treat. But here's the thing. I'm walking through that, and I'm redeemed from that. I don't have to fear a stinking thing because I'm kept in him. I'm kept in him. I'm kept in him. My tomorrow is secure. It's not even a question mark. And we know our God is for us. Our God is for us. What we're sowing into tonight, we already have it. Jesus already fulfilled it. He tells us in the word that Jesus came to fulfill the law. Everything that needed to be done is done. It is not a Chris has to wait for 12 years and all of a sudden now it's harvest time. No, bull honky. He's qualified for it now. Right now. Right now. He's qualified for it now. Right now. You're qualified for the big harvest. It's your year of increase. It's your year. What is it going to take out of you? Obedience. Obedience, 
Faith equals obedience. That, that's all it requires. Jesus was obedient. He fulfilled the whole thing. Turn the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And all authority is, here you go. All authority over your life. It's you. It's me. I get that choice. Do you know what would happen if all of the Christians in the world would just tithe? Just the tithe. I'm not talking offering. Not talking offering. According to like a 2019 statistic, if all the Christians in the world would just tithe, $165 billion would come into the kingdom. $165 billion from the tithe, not the offering, just the tithe. Do you know how much it's projected to cost to erase world hunger? $25 billion. How much more is left over for kingdom advancement? Yeah. How much more? See, there's so much potential inside of us that we are missing. We've missed it because that fear, that fear that says, if you try and dream, if you try and step out in the things of God, it's not going to work or it's going to stop in the middle. It's going to fail and you're going to miss it. It turns into Peter, Peter walking on that water. And he's like, I can do it. No, I can't. There's that fear. Let today be the day that we put fear in its place. It's not a, this might be my year of increase. We're going to wait and see that it's my year of increase. Maybe it's going to, no, it is our year of increase. It is our year of increase. Make that personal. It's my year of increase. 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 God, whatever you want to do, do it. I'll be faithful. I'll be faithful. Lord, I'll be faithful. So often we don't see the increase because fear has robbed us of our faithfulness. But we have authority over fear. Perfect love casts it out. Perfect love casts it out. Perfect love provides a solution. So that word that pastor told you to ask for, whatever his answer was to you, ask him right now, Lord, I want to sow into my year of increase. I want to sow into it. I want to sow into you. I want to be obedient, God. And then don't fear it. Don't fear it. Justin has a dream of owning all of these like airplanes and flying all these things. That's a huge dream. But God can fulfill it and will fulfill it as Justin is faithful to what he's planted in his heart. What's the dream that you have on the inside of you that God has given to you? Dream about it. Let it be birthed inside of you. Don't let it be stolen. It is our year of increase. In every single capacity that we can be increased, that's what's available to you. Amen. That's what's available. Break the back of fear tonight with your seed. 
Break the back of fear tonight with your seed. Squash it dead. Let it die and let the love of God be shed abroad in your heart that you may see what are the heights and the depths and the breadth of the love of God. He will not disappoint. Hope in him will not disappoint. Father, right now, over every single seed, I ask in Jesus' name that there be an anointing on these seeds tonight to destroy fear, to destroy mediocrity, to destroy the work of the curse. No more curse in Jesus' name. No more curse in Jesus' name. Father, and not just individually, but as this body tonight, as we sow in faith, I ask in the name above every name, Jesus, I ask that there be a breakthrough level of a commanded blessing released tonight off of the unity in these seeds. Let there be a faith that moves you. Lord, over each seed, I ask in Jesus' name that they be blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. In every way they can be blessed, let them be blessed. And let these seeds return to them quickly. Let there be quick, supernatural harvest on them. Let them be pressed down, shaken together, running over. May they return back into the hands of these mighty, mighty men and women of God. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to invest in your kingdom so that the anointing can come into our boat. Lord, we invite the anointing into our boat off of these seeds tonight. We trust you. You are good. And oh, what an honor to be able to bless you. When your heart's right, when you are in faith, don't just move quickly because it's time. Move and know that when you're moving, something is shifting on these seeds tonight. When you're ready and when it's full of faith, when you're good to go, sow the seeds, expecting that God is going to open up something that he could only do. No more curse. <laughs> no more curse. Amen. Father, we just thank you. And combining those two, Lord, Father, let us be pregnant with your word that's about to bring about no more curse, no more lack. Lord, give us the word. Lord, we're sowing seed. Give us the word. Give us the word that we need to break the natural and move into supernatural in Jesus' name. Lord, give us the word. Lord, give Boomerang, just like you taught Peter and his partners to fish. Give us the word, Lord, that will fill the nets with souls. Give us the word. Do you believe that? You want that? Yeah. Lord, give Boomerang the word that will fill the nets as we are fishers of men. Lord, give us a word that will fill the nets with souls. Give us the word. Show us where to throw the nets. Show us the deep, Lord. Show us the deep. Give us the word. Empower us. Lord, let every breakthrough in lives, homes, businesses. Father, we ask you for the word. Give us your rhema to build our faith on. 
and overcome the world. And Father, we praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, multiply every seed supernaturally. Let it be a supernatural multiplication, supernatural exponential, supernaturally quick. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to show you something too. Y'all can go ahead. You know, for Peter, and you might as well stay standing because I'm going to call you here in just a second. I want you to see this. For Peter to, for Peter to launch out in the boat, that wasn't just, that wasn't like just necessarily life changing to him, right? Some people think that the only way that I'm going to get a supernatural, and, and sometimes TV preachers will do this. There is something that happens when we honor God in our heart on a supernatural level. There's, you can't take that away. But I want you to see the seed that was attached to this one. He just let Jesus use his boat. So sometimes people look at it and like, well, I'll never have $1,000 to give. You don't have to have $1,000 to give. You just have to have your heart. Lord, I'm yours. It's your car. It's your boat. It's your truck. It's your life. Lord, everything I have is yours. That's it. Whatever you ask of me, I'll give that to you. Whether it be two pennies, two mites, or a boat, or a million dollars, anything. Lord, big, little, I don't care. I'm yours. You don't have to wait till you're wealthy to have big breakthroughs. Peter wasn't wealthy, but he was wealthy with giving his heart to God. Now tonight, I'm going to invite you, I'm going to ask Nicole to come up here, and will you bring that table up here and just set it right here at the front. And this is what I want us to do, a little bit different tonight. I told you all tonight was a little bit different. Thank you, Justin. Thank you so much. I want us to come to the altar and have communion. And then as everybody's at the altar, we're going to minister and pray for people. But I want us to just come. If you, let me just give you this. I, I just, I've never really said this before, but if you have it in your heart to get down on your knees in front of God, get to the altar first. If you, if you don't have that leading to get on your knees, let other people get there first. But if you're like, Lord, I'm kneeling in humility to you tonight. I'm kneeling to you tonight. If that's you, you know, find, the, find a place on the steps. And let's, let's make this commitment to Christ together tonight. Lord, my life is yours. And not only individually, but Father, as a body, as boomerang. Lord, tonight, we're yours. Yeah. If that's you, come now. But I want everybody to come to the altar, even if you're not kneeling. But let the Lord direct you. In Matthew 26, 26 through 28, it says, As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it. He broke himself and gave it to the disciple saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. 
And he took a cup of wine. And he gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it. And he said, each of you drink from it. No one missing. Each one of you drink from it. For this is my blood which confirms the covenant. A binding, unbreakable agreement between God and his people. It's poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. You see, Jesus took himself and he broke it. For you, he broke it and he said, take this and eat it. When you eat something, it becomes in you. It's a part of you. It fuels you. Take this breaking of my body. Take this giving of myself and consume it. Let it energize you. Let it fuel you. Let it be a part of you. Take this blood, this wine of my blood, and each of you drink it. For in that wine confirms the covenant between you and God. Not between you and a pastor. Not between you and a church. Not between you and family. Between you and the Lord God Almighty. It confirms a binding, unbreakable agreement. The sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And he tells us, do this often. Why does he want to do that? He says, do this in remembrance of me. Why? Because in this, there's a blessing. There's a thanksgiving. And there's a cleansing. He is blessing you. We are praising Him for what He's done. And He is completely wiping away anything and everything that would keep you from coming in the presence of the Father. He said, He wiped away your sin. Tonight, as you take that, don't take it just because I stopped talking. Don't take it just because pastor starts praying. Don't take it until you are ready to consume him and let that fuel you. Let that forgiveness of sin fuel you. Let that be your guiding light. Lord, you have forgiven me of everything. There is not one speck of anything keeping you from being in the complete presence of the Father. There's not one thing keeping you from receiving the fullness of all Jesus died for you to have. You see, the truth of the matter is, at the beginning, I said, will God do it? And we shouted, yes, he will. 
Will we receive it? And there were a few, yeah. It's because we haven't gotten this within us. We haven't consumed this and let it fuel us. We've got to understand there is nothing, not one thing keeping you from the fullness of the Father except your revelation that He died, He was broken, He poured out every ounce of His blood solely for you to have entrance before the Father, to be able to receive every good thing. That's an unbreakable love. Nobody could ever do that for you. Nobody could ever top that because there's not one of us that was spotless like Jesus. But He did it. He took on everything for you. Tonight, Father, we take this bread. Lord, we pray your blessings upon this bread. Just as Jesus did. Father, it says he blessed it. Lord, we call this blessed because it is a part of our Lord and Savior. Lord, we break it as he was broken for us. And Father, we take it. We take it and we consume it. We take it and we let that blessing, we let that breaking fuel us. And Father, we take this wine. And Lord, we thank you. Just as Jesus did. Lord, it was he that was going to pour out every ounce of his blood. We don't have to. We don't have to do one thing but receive. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you that you've done it all for us. We praise you, Lord. We started this service in praise and worship. And Lord, we end this service in praise and worship. Because you are worthy of our praise. Lord, you are worthy to be worshipped. And what better way could we worship you than by consuming all of you in all of us, than by abiding in you. Lord, your word tells us you inhabit the praises of your people. Father, we praise you now. Inhabit us, Lord. And Lord, we receive your forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we don't think on them again. Father, we ask for your forgiveness. We see here in Matthew 26, you have forgiven. Jesus said, it is finished. So Lord, right now we receive your forgiveness. There's no toiling. There's no weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's no wailing that needs to happen. It's just a sweet, praiseful reception of your goodness upon us. And we thank you for it, Lord.
In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when your heart is ready, take it. Not before. Take as long as you need. But make sure as you take that, you understand what it is that's going in you. As you take that, you understand what's being taken from you. When you're done taking communion, just stand right on your feet, right where you are. Some of you are going to get a word right now from the Lord. Some of those words will be ones you asked for. Some of them will be ones you didn't. But just be ready. You know, Jesus' word to Peter was not what he was expecting. It was probably not how he thought his solution would come. But it was God. It was God. I just want Barrett and Nicole to come here real quick. Bring, uh, yeah, bring a microphone. And just right now, I'm going to ask them to play uh, something more upbeat than this. And uh, we're going to minister. God's going to give you prophetic words for certain people. And just minister those words as he gives them to you. Some of them may surprise you. If you feel like it needs to be recorded, grab a mic and speak that in that time. And uh, just receive what the Lord has for you tonight. As the Lord directs me, I'll lay hands on people and pray for them. But I'm expecting supernatural breakthrough tonight in your life. Amen. Is there anybody who's going to receive supernatural breakthrough tonight? That it's not going to stay the same. We're sowing, we're receiving. We're sowing, we're receiving. Tonight, Lord, we just receive from you. Just, just close your eyes, lift your hands. Father, tonight, we receive from you. Oh, glory to God. Play that, get that music going. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. All right, y'all just go be led. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And it might be to begin with, too, just bless. Somebody the Lord puts on your heart, just bless. And the words will start to flow as well. And you'll know it's the Lord. Only say what He says. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And overflow. Lord, peace come. Peace come in new ways. I mean such a peace, she didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> such a way, she didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> in Jesus' name. That would be a blessing, wouldn't it? That would be a blessing. Thank you, Lord.
Unless it's personal, y'all use the mics. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Hondo corinde da cada cacacande. Yonda shambari Will you put your hands together? Get ready to laugh together and get ready to laugh again. There's a new laugh being imparted into both of you right now in Jesus name you will laugh where you once cried you will laugh where you once cried you will laugh you will laugh you will laugh in Jesus name You too, you're going to start laughing so much, <laughs> it's going to surprise you. <laughs> now, you too. Hondo corinde de carique ati akai atasho corondo de corinde. Yande sembesa bosso. Honda carank. Right now, Lord, for the overflow. An overflow in Jesus' name. An overflow. An overflow. An overflow in Jesus' name. An overflow. An overflow. An overflow. Hey, glory. Yand the the Karike Yati You are called to be a mighty man of God. A mighty man of God. 
a mighty man of God. Dream now. Start dreaming now about what God can and wants to do in your life. You will be wise. You will be wiser than others around you. But you are to become a mighty man of God. Mighty, 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 mighty man of God. And you're going to start having dreams that are going to surprise daddy. You're going to have dreams that are big. When you get them, talk to daddy about it. In every way you can be blessed, blessed. Blessed going in, blessed going out. Blessed, 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 blessed. And peace, 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 all the time peace, not sometime peace, all the time peace, all the time, abiding peace, all the time peace, all the time. It can be yours, he wants it to be yours. So just put your hands up to him right now and say, Lord, I receive your peace. Let it be from the top of her head to the soles of her feet and everywhere in between. God said, this is a mighty man of God. There is nothing holding you back. Father, I, I call an end now to torment that has tried to exist in your mind from stuff a long time ago. Done now in Jesus' name. Done. You too. Stable peace. Not just there in the good times and it's opportunistic. No, 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 no. All the time abiding peace in Jesus' name. All the time. Hold the cutting, it is not a long, perfect word, but I want you know, now go. Whatever he's been saying, you know, and that's the tone I heard it with. You know, now go. Lord, I thank you. You equip her with everything she needs. You fill her with every good and perfect thing. Lord, she's asked 
Panda Karan Kayati, a shock or don't know the code in the Karaka, the Karaka, laugh more. Home the code in the Karaka, Yati, a shock or don't know the code in the Karaka, y'all too. Laugh more at your home, at your job, laugh more. Laugh more. There's nothing she's missing. There's a supply in it. Laugh more. And she goes. Home the corrente de carasha, carondo de corrente de darinde. Accomplished through. You know, now go. You too. Laugh so much more. Let it be your strength. Let it be your supply. Let it be where you draw from. In the morning, in the evening, when it's easier, when it feels hard, laugh more. Because he wants to He wants to show you what delighting in him truly looks like. You are about to laugh more than you ever even knew you could. Get ready to get spiritual abs from the laughter that you're about to do. Mighty Marky's gonna take on a new meaning. the wrong book. You find yourself in his book. He made you a bookworm because he wants you to devour that work. That acceptance you've been needing, that fulfillment you've been desiring, that's all found. You and you devour it in a new way. You get the translation that speaks to you that speaks his word and the Lord loves you his word to you he loves you you will find everything he loves you I've made you a he's pleased with you he loves you he loves you her identity is in you her fulfillment is in you her calling is in you her joy is in you and Lord the way she's eat up books before right now father she will begin to eat up your word and devour your word. Lord, everything that comes out of her will be your word because it's what you put in her. You put in her a hunger for your book, a hunger for your word. And Father, I thank you. It will flow through her. People will be drawn to her because of the anointing within Arabella Shaver. It is not her Diddy's anointing. It is not her mama's anointing. It is the anointing of God flowing through her, flowing through these hands, flowing through this voice box, flowing through her, Lord. Thank you, Father. He says, eat up. I was going to call you up, you, because I believe when I saw you handling the towels that the Lord showed me something. Growing up, there were some opportunities, right? 
it wasn't always easy that we call you and there was some trouble that you, you got into but favor. here's the thing he said what has been is not what will be you you are called and to be a mighty man of God. A mighty man. You don't focus on the family. You don't, the wife. A mighty man. That's the calling of God you on your life. focus on me. I will guide that mower. Does that make I you excited? I will guide that sling blade. Amen. I will guide everything within your hands. But here's what you need to do. You choose you. to keep being that person Favor who's willing to serve. Flows through you. you choose to Wisdom keep being obedient. Flows through you. And as you increase do, God will increase you. you. You are a and increase you and, and increase you man. and increase and it will flow and through you, you and increase you your feet higher than you ever thought Jesus you could go. But it's a choice. But I believe right now there's a power this available to you to make that decision to be who you're called they to be for the rest of your life. And starting now. And they Do you believe that? My work. Do you want that? Jesus okay, then just lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, what was is not what is. What was is gone. What is is a mighty man of valor in Jesus' name. I call it to come out of him now. I call it to be birthed now. I call him to produce fruit now. Now, 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 in Jesus' name. Now. Now. Now is your time. Hon the shambare samboda karan karakai. Now. Hon the karan kayati akai. Hon the korende the karakayati a shoko don't go to korende. Yan the karin kayati a shako don't go to korende the karakai. Yan the karin kayati a shoko. Han the karakata homo kode kayata shamba don't go 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 Bandai Honde shembere samba sakarin kereken de karankayatai ondo bonda. Onda banda. Honda karankayati akande kerinke. Honda karankayati akai. Start letting yourself dream. Start letting it come out of you. Don't keep it in here. I believe the reason he had me put this microphone up to you is because that's where the real man is. It flows from the rivers of living water inside of you. Start letting those dreams from that river come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. In Jesus' name. There are things that he's placed in here that need to come out through here. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. On the karankai. Glory to God. On the shambo de la dinde. 
Yan de Karin Karin Kera Kombo Koden de Karin Kekeken de Karakai. Han de Karin Kerekin de Karakayati Akan de Karin Kere Kere Kayati Aka. Ha 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 ha
doing what you are called to do will not be hard. It won't be hard. It won't be hard. Don't expect hard. Don't think hard. It won't be heavy. It won't be heavy. It's going to be easy and it's going to be light and you will not do it alone. You're not going to be alone. You're not going to be alone. You're not forgotten. You will have people that will hold your arms up. You will have people who will hold your hands high. And it will not be hard. It will not be heavy. It'll be the easiest thing you've ever done. In Jesus' name. And Anne suddenly. And suddenly, testimony, as you soak in his presence, and suddenly is your testimony, and suddenly these hands are filled, and suddenly that joy overflows, and suddenly your lips declare his goodness, and suddenly is your word as you soak in my presence, and suddenly becomes who you are. You are an and suddenly daughter of the king. Father, to be with her. You long to have that intimate fellowship with her. You long to be her ditty and her your little girl. Lord, I thank you that she daily soaks in your presence and soaks in your love. And Lord, I thank you for the end suddenly in her life, manifesting in fullness in Jesus' name. your business is about to explode it's about to explode more than you have resources for at the moment you're gonna get business after business after business and it's not hard it's not heavy it will be the easiest thing you've ever done because the Lord will supernaturally fill your hands now he will supply you with all that you need because he is sufficient and you are his in Jesus name
Hallelujah. Did you receive something tonight? <laughs> you ever take your car to a mechanic and you're like, I don't know, it just needs something. But you don't know what that something is? That's kind of like what the Lord did to us tonight. Lord, I don't know, but I need something. He's like, I'll do something. I got something for you. And uh, he works it out. He'll fix stuff you didn't even know needed fixing, right? The Lord knows how to do it. Thank you, Lord. Come here, Ashley. Thank you, Lord. Lord just told me to pray for you. <laughs> Lift your hands. Answers come. Wisdom come now in Jesus' name. In the anointing of God. Lord, let there be an explosion of your mercy and grace in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I hope you have received in this Holy Spirit service. Thank you for being here. This week is going to be awesome. Uh, we'll be starting Thursday, putting up the tent, getting ready. I'm telling you, get excited. Next Sunday morning, Ted Shellsworth Sr. will be right here. And then Sunday night through Friday night, uh, we'll be there. If you want more of this kind of teaching, actually, we've got something new out on the, on the table Buddy put together this week. Uh, on Lunch Plus, every pretty much most weekdays, uh, we have a broadcast that really gets, it's fun at first, the first 30 minutes, and then we get into the Word every weekday. And uh, we've done, uh, there's a lot of teaching. If you want to grow, every weekday there's fresh bread every weekday and there's several series that he put together you just pick that up shoot that with your camera on your phone and it'll take you to that series it's free you can grab them pass them out give them to somebody and uh, you know the biggest thing is that's available but there's going to be so much good stuff that's happening in your life as you grow in the word that one word can change your life amen how many people receive a life-changing word tonight? How many people are going from the natural to the supernatural? How many people are rising up? You're going to live in the abundance of God. Anybody? Anyone? Glory to God. I believe it. I love you. Father, right now we just praise you and we worship you. We give you all of the glory and the honor. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We make our lives the seed. Lord, our lives are the seed. Just say it right now. Say, Lord, my life is my seed. And I give it to you. I sow it to you. Right now. In Jesus' name. I ask you for the word. The supernatural word. And I receive it. Amen. Glory to God. Have a good night. We love you. Good night.